I'll never miss when you walk by Cause you are scheming Oh, I was trying to I was trying to be a better man I need a peace of mind I'm not trying to waste my time With the way you've been Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy, Jalen. And if you would do me a favor, please like and subscribe wherever you are consuming this episode, consuming the podcast. If you're not consuming it to YouTube, please come to the YouTube and please subscribe. It would mean a lot to me. But last night we saw, you know, first of all, I want to say congratulations and shouts out to college football. I was one of the people, and I'm 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 still I'm still a little hesitant in saying that you they should have had a season, but they did, and they were able to get through the season. So shout out to college basketball, shout out to all the players that pretty much put their lives on the line, you know, with COVID and everything going on. Shout out to all the coaches, all the recruits, or recruiting offices, whatever that had to adjust to you know everything that was going on this year, seeing as though. They decide to have a college football season. I mean, I just, I remember when it first started. I was I was one of the people that didn't even think they were going to have one. You had people like the Big Ten say they're not having a season, and the Pac-12 say they're not having a season. And you know, once they saw that the SEC got rolling, and then they they changed their tune. I was just like, I don't know if this is the right move. But hey, again, shouts out to college football first and foremost for having a successful season now i want to shout out alabama for winning the national championship now it's funny man watching watching last night it was apparent very quickly that ohio state and alabama were in a different class you know matt jones was was incredible Devontae Smith, before he went out with a hand injury, he had what twelve receptions for like a hundred or two hundred and and thirty yards, and that was before halftime. Najee Harris had a couple touchdowns, or I think three touchdowns. Man, it was just it was a complete dominant. Yeah, I'll say this: I thought that Ohio State had a chance because. Alabama's defense has been shaky this entire year. You know, they weren't really good against Georgia. It, they've been they've they've had success due to their due to how great their offense is. And I thought, especially what I saw out of Justin Fields in Ohio State, I thought that they would be able to capitalize on that defense and make it a competitive game. Now, did I think they were going to win? No. But I didn't think they were gonna get manhandled and destroyed as much as they did but that doesn't take away from ohio state deserved to be there don't get me wrong you beat clemson you you beat whoever's on your schedule i understand that you only played you know seven games but you deserve to be there but again i want to shout out alabama for you know this is this is one of the this is arguably the greatest run we've ever seen in a sports team you know and it's 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 definitely be Due to the fact of how great Nick Saban, oh shoot, <laughs> how great Nick Saban has been, you know it. It, it doesn't. It, it's not. You know we 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 look at the the dynasty that is what the Spurs, the Spurs dynasty with Pop, 
Tim Duncan, you have Mon Ginobili. You know, we think about that. That's a great dynasty. We think about the the dynasty that is the 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 old Yankees, the dynasty that is the Celtics back in the day. I would say that this dynasty that Alabama has built is one of is definitely up there when we talk about how great dynasties are due to the fact that players are are you know it's so tough for a program to remain dominant seeing as though seeing as though there's a lot of factors that go into how a program is run, how a program succeeds and the future of a program. You have scouting, you have recruiting, you have the head coach, you have the equipment managers, you have the the strength and conditioning coaches. You have there's so much that the ADs, there's so much that goes into a college football program success that it's hard to see a dynasty hell. And and I understand that, you know, they haven't won. They don't win every time they make it to the national championship. But the fact that Nick Saban has won seven national championships, it's 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 unfathomable seeing as how much college football and college sports in general changes year after year. So, you know, even though a lot of people don't like dynasties and a lot of people don't like when when one team has success a lot, it's 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 hard to you know you can't deny the greatness that is Alabama you know like I know a lot of people were upset with how great and dominant North Carolina I mean not North Carolina um Golden State was with with Curry and and, and Durant I know a lot of people like I said were upset with the Spurs a lot of people were upset with the Miami Heat when they had LeBron and D Wade it's just people don't really like greatness especially when they when their team isn't the one now no I'm not an Alabama fan but yeah man shouts out to Alabama for for winning the national championship and shouts out to Devonta Smith shouts out to to Najee Harris shouts out to Mac Jones shouts out to Jalen Waddle man he was you know, he he broke his ankle in the beginning of the season and it looked, you know, it, it looked pretty bleak. But the fact that he, you know, a lot of people, a lot of players would say, okay, you know what? I already know that I'm good enough to be in the league. I already know that the league wants me. Let me, and, and I already broke my ankle. I can speed back just so I can start training. Like literally, there's a difference between training and rehabbing. Like you look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton for the for a minute now has been rehabbing. And I think that is is kind of what has played into one reason why the season hasn't been as successful for him and the and the Patriots that that a lot of people thought it would be because he hasn't been training because for the majority of his of his off seasons for the last what 2-3 years has been rehabbing. So I say that to say Jalen Waddle has been rehabbing and the fact that he rushed his rehab to come back to a national championship, you especially when he has aspirations and he's talented enough to be a first round pick in this year's draft, you know, it, it speaks volumes to him. You know, a lot of people wouldn't do that. I don't know if I do that, especially if, you know, you saw a lot of stars, uh, you know, you saw AJ Brown, you saw Patrick Mahomes like, yo, and, and he looked, he was limping all over the field. You know what I mean? Like he looked, you can tell he was hurt. You can tell he was injured and he was playing through pain. But, you know, 
shouts out for him to even coming back and and he was a he wasn't a huge factor but he kind of was a big factor because you have a player coming back that good and that big you have to game plan around him which i think is a a, a, a big reason why al- along with his talent Devonte smith Devonta smith had such a huge first half now again he went out with injury I think it's, I know it was his hand. I hope that, you know, he, he's able to come back better than ever, especially uh, in the NFL. But shouts out to, again, shouts out to Alabama for winning the national championship. It was well-deserved. You know, I heard a lot of people talk about, is this Alabama team good as last year's LSU team? <laughs> um, all I'll say about that is let's not be a prisoner of the moment. LSU, first of all, this LSU team, or the LSU team beat this Alabama team. I understand Matt Jones is better, but they beat this team that had Devontae Smith, that had Jalen Waddle, and also had Judy and Ruggs. That's all I'm going to say about that. And and last year's Alabama's defense was better than this year's. So let's not be a prisoner in the moment. LSU is one of the greatest uh, football teams, or at least statistically, we have ever seen in college football. But, again, that doesn't take away from anything that Alabama's done. Shouts out to Alabama for winning the national championship. It was most definitely well-deserved. And, actually, shouts out for Ohio Ohio State, man. I don't think that this loss hurt Justin Fields' uh, draft prospect at all like I don't think it hurt, it hurt where he I don't think he's going to drop in the draft because of this I think what he did against Clemson was a lot was a lot more defining than what he did last night I understand like I said I, it, it, that's a tough that's a tough tough game that you know you're going against the great Alabama not to mention you had they said a hit pointer but you have an injury that you can tell was kind of affecting his movement and his range of motion so I, again, shouts out to both teams, but you know, congratulations to Alabama for winning the national championship. You know, you it was a dominant team, at least dominant offensively. And hey, man, they they were exactly who they who we thought they were. So, shouts out to Alabama. Let's move over to what we saw this weekend or last weekend in the NFL. That's first the the biggest game and the most surprising game, in my opinion, was the Steelers against the Browns. The Steelers. Now, let me first say this. I was one person, especially in the season. Now, I gave the Pittsburgh Steelers their credit when they were 11 and 0. I, I said they were the best team in the league at this point. But I also was one person that said there's a lot of issues with Pittsburgh. Now. Yes, you're eleven and zero, but you have to look at eleven. Not all, not all undefeateds are made equal. For instance, let's go back to college football for a second. Alabama's being undefeated, and no, listen, Alabama undefeated and Ohio State undefeated was different. You know, the the Big Ten is different than the SEC. Alabama's uh, undefeated was different than 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 Clemson's undefeated. ACC is different than the SEC. You look at the strength of schedule. You look at who you play. You look at the amount of home games. You look at the amount of of away games. You look at the stats. No, all undefeateds are not the same. So bring it back to 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 Pittsburgh. Yes, they were eleven to zero, but I was like, 
there's a lot of things that aren't attractive about Pittsburgh. For 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 one, they are god awful when it comes to to running the ball. James Conner, Snell, they just they 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 are a bot. I think they're like a bottom three in running the ball. A team that has loved to know is one of the worst running teams in the league. Number two, one a, a huge. A huge, a huge red flag is that they. Yes, you have Juju Smith Schuster. Yes, you have uh, Chase Claypool. Yes, you have William or Washington. But Pittsburgh does not throw the ball downfield deep. Like it's a lot of dink and dunks, or it's a lot of you know throw it to the flats and the wide receivers. You know how shifty and how crafty and how fast they are. They make a play. That's what it's a lot of, and. That doesn't that bodes well in the regular season when you play, you know, bad teams, when you play the Bengals, even though they lost to them, but when you play bad teams, but it doesn't it doesn't bode well for you in the playoffs. You need look at all the off look at all the offensive that's or offenses that's won previous Super Bowls. You know, the 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 even even the Patriots that didn't have a lot of a lot of wide receivers. They still had Tom Brady, who was throwing the ball deep. They had Wes Welker. They had Julian Edelman. They, you know, the, even the one that they lost, they had Randy Moss. You know, it's it's not going to bode well for you if you continuously just throw the ball in the flats and expect your wide receivers to make a play. So seeing all these red flags, not to mention another red flag is a lot of this. The team had a lot of off the field that kind of carried on the field situations. And and I'm I'm speaking about just being loud in the media. You know, you see what Juju Smith was doing or Juju Smith Schuster was doing. You know, you see some of the running backs uh you know, they they dealt with injury, not to mention the injuries. There was a lot of stuff that the Pittsburgh Steelers there was a lot of red flags, I say that, that the Pittsburgh Steelers had. So let's fast forward to Saturday or Sunday. I was one of the people, and you can look last week, I was one of the people that said the Browns, I thought not having Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, who's also the play caller, was going to be huge for the Browns. You know, they not only were they missing the play caller, they were missing some key pieces on the defensive side and key pieces on the offensive side. They didn't practice for the whole week due to COVID, and they had to close the facilities. I just thought that, not to mention, Big Ben was rested and T.J. Watt was rested. Some of their best players were rested. I thought that this game, it wasn't going to be a cakewalk because it's still a divisional divisional matchup between the Browns and the Steelers. But I thought that Big Ben and the Steelers were going to be able to beat a head coachless Browns team. Boy, oh boy, was I wrong. <laughs> From the first play of the game, you know, uh, veteran Mike uh, Maurice Pouncey hikes the ball to Big Ben. Now, granted, Big Ben is like 6'4", 6'5". He sails the joint over his head. Big Ben and James Conner run for the ball. Goes in the end zone. None of them dive to get it until the Browns dive to get it. They get a touchdown. It's very rare that in the NFL, the first play, it's it's not like it's not like basketball, you know. The first play is is very rare that the first play in an NFL game decides a 
I guess the fate of the t- of the game. You know what I mean? But you, it was just downhill from there. And we talk about Pittsburgh. So the Browns won forty eight to thirty seven, but the game was not close at all. Like I understand that Big Ben had the most completions in NFL history. I think he had like forty seven. He also threw for five hundred yards. I think that's second to Tom Brady when we talk about the playoffs. But the game was not I know they only lost by eleven, but the game was not close. There was not a point in that game where you thought, you know what? Pittsburgh might come back. Not one. Like, it was just complete dominance. And, again, it shocked me because I did not expect it, seeing as though the stack, the cards were stacked against Cleveland. Again, you didn't have a head coach. And who is your play caller? It will be different if your head coach wasn't your play caller. But your head coach is your play caller. You're having a quarterback who this is his first time in the playoffs. You have a young team. You haven't won in Pittsburgh since 1994. My birth year, by the way. Like, you, it's just, it doesn't, it, the cards are stacked against Cleveland. And for them to come out there and beat a Pittsburgh team, they beat them at all, like, at every facet of the game. The quarterback position, the running back position, they 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 won the trenches both offensively and defensively. They the special teams. And the thing was, there was nothing, like absolutely nothing, that I I think coaching could have done to help the Steelers. Like, I don't think Mike Tomlin, there was nothing he could have said, nothing he could have drew up to help Pittsburgh. It was just, it was just that's just how it went, man. Now what happens moving forward? Let's let's we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll I'm gonna predict the the divisional round a, a, a little later. But what happens to Pittsburgh? Again, there's a the the biggest question is: Does Big Ben should should they should they move off of Big Ben? I'll say this: Next year, the cap goes down in the NFL. And Big Ben, I think, is expected to be like a $41 million cap hit to the to the to the team if he's on the roster. It kind of goes back to production. I understand, you know, legacy. I understand that Big Ben says he wants to play, he wants to continue to play. But does Big Ben's production warrant that big of a cap hit for a team who has a lot more issues than just quarterback. Now, I understand that is is pretty bleak. You know, you have Duck Hodges, you have uh, Mason Rudolph. I understand that the the backup is pretty bleak. But again, is the production worth the worth the headache? You know what I mean? Like. And I, no, let me not say headache because that 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 implies is the I'll say this Big Ben's production since losing to in fact Big Ben's production nearly this entire season to me has not been worth bringing him back for that price tag. I understand it's a legacy thing. I understand you know you don't want someone that's been so loyal to the organization. You don't want him to go out like 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 that. But again. Even in the eleven and zero, even in the eleven, even being eleven and zero, I said they didn't throw the ball downfield. It looked like it. You know, we talk about Drew Brees. 
not having, you know, not having the arm strength to go down the field. And it looked like it hurts Drew Brees when he throws the ball. Big Ben looks like his arm's about to fall off if he tries to pass 25 yards or deeper. Like, it just, it just doesn't look good. Not to mention the fact that in those losses, he was a huge part. You know, he was a turnover machine. He had four touchdowns on Sunday, and he also had four interceptions. Like, now, I understand two of the interceptions were uh, tipped balls at the line of scrimmage, and then the defender came and scooped it up or, you know, caught it. But two of them, two of those interceptions were were horrible. Like, you look at it like, yo, what was he looking at? That's how bad they were. Not to mention, he, he's not a mobile quarterback. He's an old 38. And you have peace, you'll, you'll, you know, you have quarterbacks that's younger that, that will be hitting free agency. Like, and, or, or you can try to trade. I understand that Carson Wentz right now, his, his price tag's pretty big, but he's younger than, than Big Ben. I understand Sam Darnold, what was going on with the Jets, then they might draft a quarterback. Who knows what they, we got Cam Newton, hell, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jameis Winston's going to be a free agent. Like, I'm, I, I, I'll say it like this. I if I was if I was front office, I sit big 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 Ben down. Like yo Ben, let's go with you, folk. Let's go with you, bro. Look here, man. Look here. I'm gonna just be real with you, man. I'm gonna just be real with you. You're getting old, bro. We we love what you've done with the organization. You know, we we you got us to the, you got us three Super Bowls. We won two of them jumps. I appreciate you. We love you to death. But it's just at this point. You know, we want you to, you can retire and go out like that, or we're going to have to cut you. And I don't want, uh, I don't want you to be cut. And I think, I, I think that it's just, it's just, I think, you know, your, your time here is up. That's the conversation I think they have to have a big man, bro. Because he just his even in the eleven, even being eleven and zero, it just didn't look good. And then the losses start like you know what I'm saying. Here's it: Kansas City Chiefs, right? Kansas City Chiefs do not have a good run game. Uh, they you know they don't have a consistent run. Even though you you have Le'Veon Bell, you have uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, they don't have a consistent running like they don't have a consistent running game. But because Patrick Mahomes is so good and that passing attack is so elite, it it just it doesn't really matter that they don't have a running game. And that's the thing: if you look on paper, the Pittsburgh Steelers have incredible running back. I mean, uh, wide receivers. You have, like I said, Claypool. You have Washington. You have Juju Smith-Schuster, who more than likely is not going to be there next year since he's hitting free agency and he's going to want money and they're not going to be able to pay him. So, but you have wide receivers. It's like to have that many to have on paper to have that that that, and you have Eric Ebron. Now think about it. It's just I think that moving. I think that we have. I, I think. I, now I could be wrong, but I think we've seen the last of Big Ben, especially elite Big Ben. Like it, this entire season he hasn't looked good, man. And and Sunday was just was just, and, and again I'm not putting it all on him. Of course, like I said, you had a lot of key injuries in the defense, but and and the the Pittsburgh Steelers have dealt with. I think they had the most drops by wide receivers in the league by like a long shot. 
But like again, I, I think that a lot of this has to do with the fact that Big Ben cannot throw the ball downfield. And it showed the 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 Browns were playing everything like they they didn't even they were crowding the line of scrimmage, man. Like and they were playing for the flats. Like they were not playing at all. They didn't think at all that Big Ben was going to kill them downfield because he hasn't done it all. I think he did it one half, and that was against the that was in the second half against the Colts. But he, you know, but again, shout out to the Browns, man. It's now again. I'll talk about the division round later, but the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a different story. But we'll talk about that. Let's 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 move on to the the next biggest game that we saw. Lamar Jackson goes into goes into now. Here's the thing about Lamar Jackson. Here's the thing about the the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is arguably the most criticized quarterback in the NFL. Now, I say that because we I don't we've never seen anything like Lamar Jackson. I guess a lot of people can kind of compare him to Mike Vick, but even Mike Vick has said there's a lot of things Lamar Jackson does that uh that I, I couldn't even do. So I and I think especially since we've seen Lamar Jackson twice before Sunday in the playoffs and he lost twice and of course we know what happened last year with Tennessee it's like I think he's the he's probably one of the only quarterbacks that we only like we only care about even though he's won the MVP by the way we only care about his success in the playoffs and he's held like a lot of people just throw throw away or just dismiss what he does in the regular season. It says, well, I understand he's won 80 percent of 80, 81 or 82 percent of his games. However, he is 0 and 2 in the playoffs. And I think the stage was set, man. This And not to mention, I think he the Baltimore Ravens. Well, Lamar Jackson is like the was the only quarterback in, you know, in the league that. If he was down 10 or more points, they never came back and won. So that's also on his resume. I understand that kind of goes into it. But this game had a lot of implications in it. Like I said, this is a wild card. You have the Ravens against the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans, the same Tennessee Titans that knocked the Ravens out just a year before. And, you know, we know what, for people that don't know what happened, the regular season, the Tennessee Titans played the Ravens and the Titans like pretty much gathered on their logo, stomped in their logo. John Harbaugh was like, "Oh well, we not about to have this." And and even that game, the the Titans just manhandled the Ravens and Derrick Henry. They went in overtime with the Derrick Henry touchdown. There's just a lot of bad blood between the Titans and the Ravens, and I think a lot of pressure was put on Lamar even though I don't think he deserved the pressure seeing as though how great he how how good he is and how much a lot of people because he's so great at running the ball a lot of people want to discredit his passing ability now I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady when it comes to passing I'm not saying that what I'm saying is he passes the ball enough to win games but I digress there was a lot going into this game and early on it didn't look good Lamar Jackson threw a bad interception they went down 10-0 and then you heard everyone say oh lord they're down 10-0 it's starting to look like a 
uh, replay of last year. It's just not, you know, Lamar Jackson is over with. Give it up, bro. We're done. Like, you know, it's it's the 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 noise started started sounding off, uh, especially on socials and stuff like that. But then Lamar Jackson showed that he's Lamar Jackson and he came back and and beat the Tennessee Titans 20 to 13. Now I understand that's not a lot of points, but he was down I think yeah, they were down 10-0 and scored 17 consecutive points. Like that just shows that that th- it was a compl- it was a complete team win because I know the Ravens held Derrick Henry, who was a 2,000-yard rusher, leading rusher for two years in a row, one of the best rushers we've ever seen. You held him to only 40 point or 40 rushing yards, which, like I said, this is somebody that has had 2,000 yards this season. You held him to 40 points. Lamar Jackson had like a 60 or 70 completion percentage. He threw for like 179. He rushed for like 150. Like... And he had one of incredible. He, I think, two players really won this game. He he rushed. It was before the half, like third and nine or something. He rushed and, and threw a ball. Mark Andrews caught it, and the second one is of course the touchdown run where the pocket collapsed. He got out and ran. I think it was like forty yard run. Like Lamar Jackson was. You know what the team did? The Ravens made the Tennessee Titans a one dimensional team. I'm not saying that. You know what? No. It, you know what it is? I'll say this. What the Ravens did was made the Tennessee Titans a one-dimensional team, but the dimension that they made them was not what they are. The The Tennessee Titans has always been a one-dimensional team. It is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And run the, we have the best, we have the be, arguably the best rusher in the league, run the ball down their throat. That is the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans defense is not good. They have really good wide receivers. I mean, you have A.J. Brown. You have uh, Walker. But it's – no, Davis, I'm sorry. But their their game plan is give the ball to Derrick Henry. What the Ravens made them do was the Ravens put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's hand and said, while we know that you're a rushing team, we're going to make you a passing team. And while – Ryan Tannehill has been able to do that from time to time. That's not what they want to do, especially against the Ravens. When you have Marlon Humphreys, when you have uh, Peters, when you have Jimmy Smith that came back, and and Clayus Campbell, Patrick Queen, they did a great job at, st- at neutralizing the run and making Tannehill beat them. If the, if the Ravens would have lost, and it was because Tannehill threw for 350 yards, he had four or three or four touchdowns. They would have been like, "Hey, it is what it is. That was a game plan, and they did it. Like that's what they wanted." But Ryan Tannehill threw a really costly interception, and yeah, man, it's the Ravens move on, and it's just it. it what I like the most is is like I said, Lamar Jackson played as great as he's played in any game. He's a lot of people are going to look at this game and say this was. Lamar Jackson's most important game, which I can kind of agree, seeing as though this was his first playoff run. Now, I think they have a good chance in the divisional round, but this, you know, this got the Lamar Jackson can't win in the playoffs monkey off his back. And this is the Ravens is a scary team to deal with, man. The Ravens is a scary team to deal with. So congratulations to them.
moving forward, we can talk about the next game. <laughs> the the Buccaneers beat the Washington football team 31 to 23. And Tom Brady, he threw 31 he had he threw a touchdown. Let me say this. First of all, let me let's talk about the Washington football team before we talk about the 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 Baltimore or Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The de- the day of the game or the morning of the game, a lot of people didn't know or the afternoon actually. A lot of people didn't know who was going to start. I I was I kind of felt a little weird when they said that they were thinking about giving Tyler Heineke as well as Alex Smith uh snaps. That doesn't bow well, especially in no playoff game. In playoff game, you want a lot of definites. You want to know who is going to be your starting quarterback, who's going to be your starting running back, who's going to start, who's going to be. Like, you you, you need defined roles. The fact that they were saying, you know, we're going to test Heineke and Alex Smith getting snaps, that was never a good sign. And then, of course, the day of when you find out that Alex Smith wasn't playing, that's when like, ah, well, Tyler Heineke, ah, you know, he's a, he's an XFL football quarterback. Just a couple months ago, he was taking classes at Old Dominion. It just didn't bode well. I thought, I, I knew that the defense had to have the game of their life, and I, they could. Like they, If they played like they played against the Steelers, I, you know, they have a shot. Get to the quarterback when you have all, you know, Allen and, and Chase Young and, and Bostic and and Montez Sweat and Ryan Kerrigan. When you have all those players, y- you can definitely, you know, and especially hearing what what uh, Chase Young saying, you know, we want Tom. They could, they could. I, I knew that the only way Washington was going to win was if their defense went crazy. But what we saw was actually the complete opposite. Their defense, their defense did enough. But Tyler Heineke had the game of his life, man. You know, he had a he had a rushing touchdown, he had a passing touchdown. Um he made it competitive. You know, he was he was ex, he was explosive, he was elusive in the pocket. He he made a couple of great runs. He had the game of his life. He surprised me. He now I didn't now I okay, I don't know if moving forward Tyler Heineke is the future. I don't know if he's a starting quarterback moving forward. I don't know. But I do know that Saturday night, he was incredible. You know, he he went blow for blow with Tom Brady, and I think that yeah, they the Washington team did lose, but uh, he surprised me, and I think he surprised everyone because they I didn't you don't expect somebody, especially we we've never really seen except for what a couple a quarter of football like you never I didn't know what was going on I didn't know who he was I didn't know if he was that good but he surprised me and he surprised the team you know you you saw a lot of quotes saying he played great and even though we lost you know we don't do more victories but this was a great loss for him at least seeing as though we could have a quarterback moving. Forward. I don't know if he will, and of course you're gonna. We're gonna. Uh, Washington's gonna have to decide the the future of Alex Smith, and he's gonna decide if he wants to play. I know he said he's gonna take a couple of months, but yeah, man. Shouts out to Tyler Heineke, and moving over to the Bucks, man. The Buck, you know, the Bucks have a. They have so many pieces, 
And I said this, I said this before the season and going into the season. The Bucks are going to go as far as Tom Brady takes them. Their defense is stout. Their offense, you know, now that you brought in even even without Antonio Brown, you have Chris Godwin, who was a top running back or top wide receiver last year. Mike Evans, we know who he is. You bring Brett Gronk. You had O.J. Howard before he got injured, but you but you have now Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. It's just they have so many weapons that it's hard to it's hard to cover, especially when Tom Brady's rolling. Now, I don't the big. I think a huge uh, moving forward. I think that again, we talk about we talk about Washington, but what was Washington? Washington was a seven and nine team. You know what I mean? So now you're going against a, a, an opponent who has beat you, what, three times or no, two times already this season in the Saints. I don't know, but the Buccaneers, I I would not be – I don't think they're good enough to win a championship or a Super Bowl. But I do think that they they have the pieces and they have the talent to get to a Super Bowl. I don't – and and I think if you get to the Super Bowl, you could win, I guess. But I don't know, man. I just I, – I've seen them at their best. And I've seen them at their worst. And even with, you know, Tom Brady was sacked a couple times. He he did miss a couple a couple passes. But again, you're going to the set you're still playing a Washington team that was seven and nine and you law you only won by eight points. And honestly, Tyler Haneke could have tied it up, you know, if, if it wasn't for a drop pass by um Logan Thomas. So again, I Moving forward, I think that we'll have to see what happens next week. But shouts out to the Buccaneers for beating the Washington football team, thirty-one to twenty-three. Now let's let's move on to the next game. Oh man, you know I've sat here this entire season and gave Russell Wilson his praise. I've sat here and said that you know. The, the the offensive line needs work, which it does. Uh, the defense needs work, which it does. But Sunday? Oh, no, Saturday, I have to admit, <laughs> Russell Wilson was a huge part of why the Rams beat the Seahawks 30-20. to This is the third home pro, uh, playoff loss in team history. The second against the the Rams. Now, I understand the Rams is an incredible defense. You have Aaron Donald. You have Jalen Ramsey. But Russell Wilson, God, he it just he looked he looked awful, man. And it's not just him. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not putting it all on him because, again, the offensive line deteriorated a lot of a lot of those plays. Um, it, the, the, the wide receivers really couldn't create separation. But. Russell Wilson looked bad. He looked he looked bad. Russell Wilson was a huge this Russell Wilson was a big part. Russell Wilson for the last few weeks has been a big reason why the Seattle Seahawks have looked bad these these last few weeks and he was a big reason why they lost on Saturday. It just huh. again, I understand that the Rams have a great defense, but they Russell Wilson a lot of the reason, a lot of why Russell Wilson looked bad was not because of the Rams' defense. He's he's been looking like this for the past few weeks. It's crazy, man. Uh, 
the the biggest the biggest storyline going in was Russell Wilson has never received a MVP vote. This is going to be yet another year. Why and and the crazy thing is he was leading a, a lot of like the beginning of the year, probably the first quarter of the year. I would say he was the leading candidate for MVP. He was he was looking incredible. Had the Seahawks number one in the NFC, and I was just like, hey man, they about to win this. I, he 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 gives them a legitimate shot to win the Super Bowl. And then the second half of the season happened, and I, again. I don't. I'm not saying Russell Wilson's terrible. I'm not saying that he he's god awful now and everything that he's done just throw out the window. He's a horrible quarterback. I'm not saying that Russell Wilson still is one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But I have to give credit where credit is due, and I have to put blame where blame is due. Russell Wilson looked horrible on Saturday, and I think because of that. The offense could not get into could not get into any rhythm. Hell, you saw the the horrible pick six that he threw. Uh, um, he was trying to throw the screen pass to DK, and the Rams read it perfectly, and it was just a pick six. Like he just he I don't I think that I think he didn't I think the first half he didn't have a third down or third or like the first five possessions like. He just looked bad, man. And again, shouts out to the Rams for winning, but a lot of this is on Russell Wilson. A lot of it is. And and of course, I think that they'll be able to bounce back uh next season, but a lot of it was on Russell Wilson. And and I can't take nothing away from that. So, hey. <laughs> yeah. Moving forward, uh, the game that kind of the, the the last two games that we'll talk about were kind of predictable. And that was the, the the one game we'll talk about now is the Saints. The Saints beat the Bears twenty one to nine. Now, this is the fewest points allowed in the and and the Saints allowed the fewest playoff points in in team history at, with nine. Now, a lot of it here here's the thing. The Bears is an incredible defense, and the Saints are averaging what like thirty points a game, and to only score twenty one. That shows just how good the Bears' defense was and has been this entire year. Even though they 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 come in eight and eight, and they had a six game losing streak in the middle of the season, that's a lot of it is to do with the offense instead of the defense. Because again, you have Hicks, you have Khalil Mack, they have a a, a top defense in the league, which held a high powered Saints to twenty one points, but. I mean, it, I don't like bashing us on somebody, but when you see, you know, when you have a quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky and you have the players and the talent around him it j- and, and you're only able to muster up, I think, what, one third down this in, the entire game? Like, a lot of that goes on Mitch Trubisky and a lot of that, a lot of it goes on Coach Magna- uh, Na- Matt Nagy. Like when you can't scheme up getting, you know, getting getting the best out of your quarterback and when the the best I I understand that. okay I understand that we were looking at what he threw. It was like three games in a row. He they scored over 30 points. He looked great. But that was the end of the season. And now that you're and that wasn't against playoff teams. Now that you're playing a playoff team, which was the Saints, it's just like, you know, what I'm saying like you run into a different beast. 
And again, I understand, you know, you look at the Saints and you say, well, this is a top defense. This is one of the top defenses in the league. But again, when you, uh, you're not, you're going to play a top defense once in a while. You know what I mean? So even playing against a top defense, you were drafted, what, number one? Or number two, he was, let me say this, he was drafted over a lot of incredible quarterbacks, such as Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. You, and Lamar Jackson, now I think about it, or was that the same draft? I don't know, but you, I know for sure Patrick Mahomes and uh, Deshaun Watson. You're drafted over them. You're expected to get more than one first down in a playoff game. I don't care if it's the Saints. I don't care if it's the 97, the 99, I mean the 79 Bears. You're expected to get more than one first down. So I think moving forward, they're probably, I think they're going to move off of him. I know you have Nick Foles in the tuck, but I don't, I, and we've seen Nick Foles. I, I think they'll be in the need of a quarterback. And I don't, I, I honestly don't know if Matt Nagy will, be be staying either so and 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 i don't know man the bears is the bears are one of those teams that they're to me a piece they're they're a piece away and i think that piece and a coach away i think that piece is is a quarterback uh because you have i mean you have robinson you have you have so many good off yeah you might want i don't know if montgomery can be a a well no he's he's had he's had his moment so I think that just a quarterback away because you know how great that defense is and I don't think at least we've seen that Mr. Bisky isn't it you know what I mean so and for the Saints again Michael Thomas uh, Michael Thomas came back he caught a touchdown he looked great Alvin Kamara had a touchdown he looked good Drew Brees you know he he still looks like the the old as far as you know old person drew Brees, but he was still you know uh accurate the saints look like the saints so but like i said the saints beat the bears 21 and 9 and the last wild card game we'll talk about was the bills and the colts this game had a lot now a lot of people are going to talk about this game had two story two 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 headlines are true. Allen, John Josh Allen led the led the Bills to the first playoff win since 1995, and the Colts gave away a lot of opportunities to win this game. You know, missing a field goal. I understand he's a rookie uh, rookie kicker, but missing a field goal and going for it. You know, you you're at the it's fourth and one. No, it's third and one at the at the at the one yard line, and instead of running it up the middle, you run like sweeps and shit. It just, it's, it's there was a lot of, and then you you okay, I understand, and I saw this in the national championship too. You know they're trying. You know there's no way in heaven or hell it's fourth and one or fourth and two or whatever in your territory in the defensive territory and. You know they're not going to run a play. Why are you still drawing and why are you going off sides? Those it's like bonehead decisions like that really, especially when you have a quarterback in Phillip Rivers who is is old and he 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 isn't the most talented. I mean he's 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 a veteran, but he plays like it. Like 
you don't you don't have the best quarterback. Now their defense was incredible. They won almost every facet. They won every facet of the game outside of quarterback. And that's why it was so close. Josh Allen led them to the to the two. If it wasn't for Josh Allen, who, by the way, was their leading rusher anyways, I mean, as as well, if it wasn't for Josh Allen, they wouldn't have won. So, I, again, you kind of expected it, and the, the, the Colts didn't help themselves. You know what I mean? But also, the better quarterback won the game. So, shouts out to the Bills for beating the Colts. So let's 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 do my divisional round predictions. Let's first start with the AFC. So the AFC, you have the Ravens against the Bills. Now, I think one thing that or uh, one two things I saw that kind of was was concerning to me when we're talking about the Bills was they're rushing. They don't have a rushing attack. Josh Allen is their best rusher. Devin Singletary is not really giving you what you need. And they don't they don't really have a rushing attack. And the last thing you want to do is I understand you have Stephon Diggs. I understand you have Josh Allen. I understand you have Cole Beasley. You have good pieces. But the last thing you want to do is be a one-dimensional team against the Ravens. Now, not to mention their defense struggled with um, struggle with Philip Rivers, and I can imagine what's going to happen against the Ravens. Not to mention the Ray. I understand that the the Bills are hot, but the Ravens are hot right now. And when you are struggling defensively and you're going against the Ravens, and Jonathan Taylor had a great game, the last and and, the, and you're going against the Bills defense who struggles against the run, and you're about to go against the Ravens who is the best running team we've seen in God knows how long. That doesn't spell, you know, that doesn't that doesn't bode well for the Bills. Now, again, I do think that Josh Allen is good enough to win this game, but I don't see, especially from what I now again, it could it, it was one game and anything can change. But I have the Ravens beating the Bills. I think that because the Bills struggle running the ball, and I saw how the Colts defense dominated. Well you know, kind of dominate the line of scrimmage and and dictated how the, the Bills were going to play. And I can see that happening, like I said, with Calais Campbell, uh, Wolf, and, and those those huge defensive linemen. I I I think that you're catching the Bills are catching the Ravens at the at the worst time possible because they're firing all cylinders. Lamar Jackson has all the confidence in the world. J.K. Dobbins is running incredible. Gus Edwards is running incredible. Of course you have Lamar. I just think that that rushing attack, if you can't stop the rush when it comes to the Ravens, you have no chance. And I think I, I know the Bills struggle with that. Not to mention they also they 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 also they don't really struggle with throwing the ball, but that's not the Ravens or they don't stop they don't struggle with stopping the pass, but that's not a Ravens like strong suit. So if you can't stop the Ravens, uh the rushing attack, I don't think you have a chance. I don't think it's a blow or anything. I, I And, of course, the Bills, you know, the, they the teams are attacking Marlon Humphreys when it comes to pass coverage. So I understand he's a he's a he's a good corner, but they're, they're still attacking him. And I think that especially if you if you find a matchup with Stefan Diggs on 
Humphreys. That could be a long day. But I don't think that the Bills can consistently stop the Ravens run enough to beat them. So I have the Ravens winning that. And the Chiefs against the Browns. Now, I will say this, and I will be objective. The Chiefs are have not looked the best down the stretch. While they have won, they have not looked the best. They haven't looked like the dominating Chiefs that we've seen throughout the years. Um, however, and 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 I guess you can say and the Bears, I mean the Browns, especially their defense, have looked incredible. You know, Miles Garrett's looked good. And Baker Mayfield has looked good as well, especially against the Steelers. However, like I said before, the Chiefs is a different animal than the Steelers. And I don't see the 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 Browns were able to they didn't need to use their corners and safety as much because Big Ben does not throw the ball downfield. That is the Browns' biggest weakness is their their corners and safeties is 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 not good at all. That is going to definitely they're going to be put to the test when you have Lamar. I mean, when you have uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill, throwing the ball to Travis Kelsey, throwing the ball to Harmon, uh, Watt Watson. Um, it's I just don't I don't I think the Chiefs win. I don't think it's a blowout or anything, but I don't think that Baker Mayfield can keep. A, I think they're going to have to score a lot, seeing as though I don't think that the the secondary of the Browns is able to slow down or stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Now, again, I understand that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have not looked, they kind of stumbled into the playoffs. Yes, they've won, but they haven't looked good winning. But again, I the 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 secondary for Cleveland is not good. Their front their defensive line is great, but their secondary is not. And I think that you can have a field day with that, especially if you're Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So I have the Chiefs beating the Browns. Let's move over to the AFC. I mean, NFC, I'm sorry. You have Tampa Bay and Saints. I think that, you know, we talk about, we talk about, um, we've, we, it's, it's Drew Brees against, against Tom Brady. It's, can Drew, now we've seen the Saints have had the most success against Tampa Bay this year. They beat them twice, and they beat them quite soundly the second time. I think that I, I I just don't think I don't think that Tom Brady is able to. If I don't know, man, it's 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 tough because I I see what the what Tom Brady and the and the Tampa Bay did to Washington, but again, that's a seven nine team, and I also remember that. The Saints have have beat Tampa Bay twice and pretty handedly. So I I I I can't see, especially you know, getting Alv, getting Alvin Kamara back, getting Michael Thomas back, and the defense healthy as ever. I just don't see Tampa Bay winning. Uh, I, again, I understand you know AB was a big get for them, but AB played last time they played, uh, and. Marcus Lattimore takes the takes the the matchup against Mike Evans quite like like personally like so I just I think Saints beat Tampa I think it's going to be a good game but I I think and not to mention a lot of people expect this being Drew Brees' last ride and I think that's a level a little level of motivation for the entire team so I got the Saints beating Tampa Bay and the Packers and the Rams. 
I, I ha, it's hard for me to pick against the Packers, especially with Aaron Donald might being, uh, you know, being not 100% with the rib injury and Cooper Cup, your best defender and your best offensive wide receiver, not being, you know, Cooper Cup injured, not to mention Jared Goff didn't, even though they beat the the Seahawks, Jared Goff didn't look good, especially with that hand injury. Uh, and and the, you're catching the Packers. At, at, <laughs> Devontae Adams is incredible. Uh, you know, Valdez Scantley, you have Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, of course. You have uh, Turbin, the 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 tight end. It, it's just hard for me to pick against the Packers. So I have the Saints beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I have the Packers beating the Rams in the divisional round, meaning, you know, uh, the AFC Championship, I have the Ravens against the Chiefs, and I have the Packers against the Saints. So, moving forward, another one of the big news is big news. <laughs> A big news that we saw this week or last week was the Deshaun Watson is upset with the team for. Not he's not upset because they hired a new GM. He's upset because the team came to him as saying, you know, you'll have input, you'll have insight in who we hire. He gives them insight, and he doesn't. He they don't even they don't even put it. It'd be different if you like, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna. I think you should hire homie, right there. And then you say, you know, all right, we'll look into it. We'll we'll interview him. We'll see. We'll see what it is. They didn't even do like they they said he hey, I think you should hire homie. They were just like oh who all right, like <laughs> they didn't even they didn't even interview the people that like they didn't even take into consideration anything that Deshaun Watson said. Now, I understand that basketball or the NBA basketball in general is different from uh, football. I understand that you know. When you're talking about basketball, the big names, you know, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, they because they can they can they can dictate winning more than a football player. I understand that they would have some say or or more say in a GM hire or a head coach hire, because, of course, that is your franchise. Their franchise is Steph Curry. Your franchise is LeBron James. You want them to be happy and you want them to be at their best. And while you don't have to exactly pick who they who they ultimately choose, it would be smarter to have their input in the coaching hire or the GM hire, seeing as though they they are they can they can have a direct impact on winning and losing. And that's basketball. NFL is different, man. I understand that the head coach, I mean, not the head coach. I understand that the quarterback is the most important position, but you, there's so many factors that go into winning that it's not just the quarterback. So because of that, not to mention, we understand our salaries go. We understand the life ex, the life expectancy of a quarterback, I mean, of a, of a football player. Well, let me say this. The career expectancy of a quarterback or of a football player. I understand that it's different. I understand that you don't want to bank your entire future on something that a a player says in the NFL seeing as though they can be out and gone the next the next day or they can they can be traded or something and now you're pretty much stuck. I understand that. And I think NFL players understand that. But don't come to me and tell me, "Look, Jay, 
we're gonna we want your opinion. We're, we want your advice. We, we're ultimately going to make the decision, but we want your help. And then I'll be like, all right, cool, bet. I think you should do this, 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 and this. And then you don't even consider none of that. Like, why would you come to me in the first place? You know what I mean? So I understand why Deshaun Watson is upset. Now, I get, you know, you hire an, an, you hire Bill O'Brien, who's a Patriots guy. That worked horribly. And then you hire another Patriots guy for the GM. I understand where this, you know, the 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 skepticism can be, especially when you've shown nothing but incompetence when it comes to hiring GMs and hiring head coaches. I've seen nothing but incompetence. So the fact that I'm like, all right, you know, look, if you if you want me to stay here, you're going I, and, and then you ask for my help. I don't understand why you wouldn't take it. You know what I'm saying? So I get why he is upset. Now, of course, rumors have gone that he can demand a trade and one of the best the best packages he'll get might be from well probably will be from um Miami. You know, you got two and like three first round picks. If if I am here's the thing. Deshaun Watson has statistically one of the best years out of all the quarter. I think he had like the second best statistical year out of all the quarterbacks, even with them being four and 12. So we know you're getting a top five quarterback if you trade for him. And of course, I understand that there's still questions about Tua, but I don't care. There's not three first round picks that the, that the, that the Dolphins will get or Tua that's better than Deshaun Watson. And imagine Deshaun Watson with a good team, man. It just, it just sucks, man. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. But, um, I, I, I don't. Again, I understand the frustration with Deshaun Watson, and if he demands a trade, I think that the the team should give them, give him. He's done everything that he could for the team, and I don't think that the team has done everything they could to help him win. So I think that you should allow him to to go and try to win somewhere else. Uh, but hey, you know, I, I understand the frustration his way. So moving forward, Doug Peterson gets fired from the as an Eagles head coach after five years and a Super Bowl win. Do I think Doug Peterson is a bad coach? No, but I think the a death sentence for all coaches is losing the locker room. Now, of course, there's a lot of reasons that you can get fired, a lot of reasons you can be let go, part ways, whatever it is. But one of the 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 biggest death 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 sentences is losing the locker room. And I think, in fact, I'm almost sure Doug Peterson lost the locker room. I mean, you saw a lot of when 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 he first of all, he handled the Jalen Hurts Carson Wentz situation horribly. You know, not not being not being uh definite or not being concrete on who's going to start or, you know, every even though Jalen Hurts started, he was like, you know, we're going to we're going to make a decision next week. No, bro. Who was starting? And then, of course, the 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 Eagles didn't help any situation, help anyone by paying uh, Carson Wentz all that money just for him to go down the drain. It's just Doug Peterson. Again, I don't think he's a bad coach. I just think he lost the locker room. The locker room got you know galvanized around Jalen Hurts, and then you bench him the last game, the last game that they could have won 
and and you benching him was a direct impact of you losing. I understand that you probably were trying to get a better draft pick or whatever, but uh, again, the players aren't going to understand that, and the players want to win. They don't give. They don't give. They don't care about the draft pick. So, I you know I I don't think that this is the end for Doug Peterson. I really don't. But I do think that uh, I do think that it was right. It was a right move for the the Eagles to fire Doug Peterson, seeing as though again you lost the locker room. And while I understand that it's not the best team, this ain't the same Super Bowl team. Like I said, you have injuries galore. You have contracts that are probably going to go. You have disgruntled people. You have a lot of people that's not going to be there next year. A lot of people that are coming in. Like I understand it's not the same Eagles team, but again, you a report came out and said he was tired of being told what to do. So that also shows not only did he lose the locker room, he was button heads or front office. That is a, a recipe for disaster. You know what I mean? So again, Doug Peterson's out for the Eagles. Bada bing, bada boom. And before we go, I only have one in NBA topic, and that is that COVID, you know, the, the NBA, I think, was the prime example of how to handle COVID, you know, with the bubble and, and how successfully successfully the bubble was. But, of course, COVID is still here, and the NBA decided to push forward no bubble uh, in the regular season, and the COVID, COVID has hit the NBA. You know, you had two games that were postponed, the Mavericks and the Pelicans and the Celtics and the Bulls. I know that I think four players, including Steph, Seth Curry, uh, tested positive for COVID for the Mavs. I know that there was some contact tracing from the Celtics. Uh, COVID has hit the NBA. And I... You know, of course, a lot of people don't talk about when we talk about athletes, you know, you always hear when are they going to get back on the field or when are they going to get back on the court? But a lot of people don't talk about, um, you know, I hope they're okay as far as life. I mean, we've seen this this virus take endless lives. So I hope that the players that do catch uh, COVID or do have COVID, I hope that they're able to, you know, come back speedy recovery and and push through. You know what I mean? And when they I think that once you test positive for for COVID, I think the last thing you should be thinking about is getting back to your respectable sport. I think the first thing you should be thinking about is is being healthy. So, again, I I hope that I'm the thing is, I'm talking about this so like casual because I have every all faith in the world that the NBA is going to handle handle it as as well as anybody expects seeing as though they did a great job with the bubble um because again we we knew especially when they said there wasn't going to be a bubble this year we knew that COVID was going to hit players uh and again I just hope that these players I don't I don't care when they come back I just hope that they're healthy you know what I mean I hope that they push through because like I said, we've COVID is hits everyone differently, and we've we've seen people lose their lives left and right. So that has been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for watching. Please subscribe if if you like. You know, please comment. I mean, comment if you want. 
if if you don't agree with something I said, if you have some input, comment, let me know. We, we can discuss it. Please like the video if you do, or like the episode wherever you listen to it. Leave a review uh, if you're listening to it on a DSP. That will definitely help a lot. And yeah, man, just please subscribe. So I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love. Can I finch on the beat? Turn the headphones up, Ali. Here we go. I woke up this morning with my dick on hard. Didn't know why till I said fuck all y'all. Or fuck this world. Or I'ma fuck that girl. Good kid, man. City, watch my day unfurl. I put my life in these sentences. Fucking writers, either that or life sentences. I'm relatives with Benjamin. I used to give a fuck about my luck when I was innocent. Now what the fuck is up? I'm at your neck like a penalty, nigga. I need that. Bitch, I need that. 24 acres in a mule. Best believe that. They say he got smoke like where the weed at. And everything you hope, bitch, nigga, we that. Pockets on Kelly Price. Back when it was 95. Buy a strap and then we cock it back when it's uncircumcised. Write a rap on how we just react with shoddy. Give you that and then we slide through your hood three dozen times So what's good, I'm looking for a pedicure Pink pussy that pop, preferably the kind that don't speak uh, Bomb man's head on, uh, till she can't blink And her eyes get watery, you gotta pardon me I'm so damn turnt Willing in a two-do with two hoes that follow me And you know, west side right on time Tell them hoes kudos, east side right on time They don't fuck with you though When my hood getting to the money, the pedal never broke Came a long way from the ghetto though, but west side right on time. Only thing for show, uh, east side right on time. Gunning through your dough, uh. I woke up this morning like fuck the world. The hustle south 12, man, I've been through hell. Now these motherfuckers is trying to tell me I don't care. Trying to tell y'all motherfuckers, look, y'all wasn't there. Third posted up on the block waiting for mail. So my niggas posted up in the county praying for bail. Could've cost your boy everything, man. Coming from a nigga just don't sleep Shit for the week Got on my Malcolm X brain Now I count the checks, man Cause every time I speak You hear my Malcolm X pain Now them doors go up on that land They like Judah Young you like your bitches with ass I like you out First them bitches see me I'm gone I'm like Pluto Plus I keep them choppers the same They Mars Bruno Brown bag full of cash Baby MCM When they ask me my name I tell them MCM Straight up I'm so turnt Willing in the two with two hoes that follow me and you know West side right on time, tell them hoes kudos East side right on time, they don't fuck with you though When my hood getting to the money, the pedal never broke Came a long way from the ghetto though But west side right on time, only thing for show uh, East side right on time, gunning through your dough uh, All praise go to the most high uh, All face turn into a drive-by Part ways from the streets at the fucking wood Don't you, don't you wanna live with the AK? Go for only 8K, minus six racks, minus one on top of that. Melee, stumpy mouth and druggy mouth like a date rape. Daytona's building every corner while they say I'm so turnt. Willing in the two with two hoes that follow me and you know. West side right on time, tell them hoes kudos. East side right on time, they don't fuck with you though. When my hood getting to the money, the pedal never broke. Came a long way from the ghetto though.
side, right on time. Only thing for show on east side, right on time. Gunning through your door. All I ever wanted was a dollar bill and hundreds. And my teacher asked my woman when she smiled. I stick my tongue in, plus some cartoons and some cereal. Snoop Doggy on my stereo. Some British nights are LA gears with glowing lights. Or Perry Ellis jacket. I would love a swap me full of chef. A lesson candy paint that's wet with Tammy. Haunt the bumper. Can I hump her? Papa tell me yes. A DPGC concert and a DJ quick song on cassette. 20 years later, I hate her. Fucking best. I'm so turnt. Willing in the two though with two hoes that follow me and you know. West side, right on time. Tell them hoes, kudos. East side, right on time. They don't fuck with you though. Where my hood getting to the money? The pedal.